In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So today, as I've already noted in the welcome, we have over the course of the day, 25 new members to welcome. And in this service, two young girls to baptize and welcome into the household of God. So of course, it's really fabulous that the gospel for today is you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Certainly what they would have picked, certainly what we would have picked if it was up to us, but there it is. The good news is I actually think there are a couple of really interesting things about this gospel that are helpful for all of us, as well as those who are new and being baptized. Now, you might think the interesting thing is John, who, as we know from other accounts, is dressed in camel's hair and comes roaring out of the desert and eats locusts and wild honey. You might think that. But in fact, John is in keeping with all the prophets who've come before him. Maybe not so much in his dress, for that one he was really just resembling Elijah, one of the great prophets. But in terms of his message, he was right there with everybody else. Because if you go back and look at any of the prophetic books, and there are a lot of them in the Hebrew scriptures, you will discover that they are railing, and railing is the right word, about injustice, about corruption, about those whose lives are at ease while other people are suffering and who are somehow able to convince themselves that it's just fine. Prophets are always railing against injustice and hypocrisy and even about a fake religion that says, I do all the right things in the temple, so never mind what I do over here, we are, after all, children of Abraham, so never mind what we do over here. John is, in many ways, absolutely typical. What is not typical, and what I think is interesting for us, is that we're told in another one of the passages about John that all of Jerusalem and Judea came out to hear him. Given that prophets rail, I can promise you that in most of the other accounts, I think all of the other accounts that we have, there are not huge crowds flocking to hear this message. Because really, who wants to hear this message? Not us, not them. And yet all of them were there. That's really interesting. And it makes me wonder why because they're doing something, all these people, which is really atypical. This week in the New York Times, there was an editorial which was entitled, We're Living Through the Boring Apocalypse. We're Living Through the Boring Apocalypse. Now, it was about COVID, but it could have been about, oh, climate change, racism, gerrymandering, gross inequality, the growing gap between the rich and the poor. What the writer was saying is that when there is so much bad news, we eventually withdraw. We tune it out. 
We say, I don't want to hear it anymore. And I know that even though we are all really good about putting on our masks, a lot of us are like, I'm done. I'm really done. We don't want to think about it anymore. And so the horrible things continue and we step back. And that's not unique now with COVID. It's not unique in human history. So it is unique for the people to come forward. And what it means is that they were doing that thing that we are all asked to do during Advent. They were keeping watch. They were paying attention. They were refusing to let the daily bad news and the people living under Roman oppression with soldiers in the streets every day, and where the rich were getting richer and the poor were getting poorer, and people were dying of disease at very young ages, they had plenty of bad stuff, but they kept paying attention, watching, noting, and they knew that things were so bad that something needed to change, and that maybe John could help them in that. They were a people in a time that felt pretty hopeless who chose to have hope. We have this great couple of verses we use in our six o'clock service that speak to this. In the beginning, when it was very dark, God said, let there be light, and there was light. In the beginning, when it was very quiet, the Word was with God, and what God was, the Word was. When the time was just right, God sent the Son. He came among us. He was one of us. John is, of course, the forerunner to Jesus, the one who points to him. The time was just right. And that's a time God chooses, but God chooses when the people are there and attentive, and watching, even when the watching is hard. So that's the first interesting thing, that all the people came out. The second interesting thing is after John said all these horrible things, they didn't just go quiet. They actually had the courage to say, okay, what do we do? And this is what I find really fascinating, because you would expect John to have extraordinary demands. And yes, he calls on everyone to repent, and repentance can feel like an extraordinary demand. But what does he actually say? You got two coats? Give one to someone who doesn't have one. Accept the wages that you make. Don't cheat and extort. These are not big things. Do the right thing, he says. Share what you have. Be content with your wages. Don't threaten other people. And yet, I think on the one hand, we can be really hopeful hearing that, that even in the midst of everything that's happening, there are maybe small things, maybe obvious things that we can do. So be hopeful. And then on the other hand, to realize, given the world in which we live, they're not that easy. Most of us have more than two coats. So giving away one isn't hard. But imagine if we had two, 
and were asked to give one away. Imagine if what we had, we were asked to divide in half and give half away. Imagine if we were asked not just to do what is legally correct, because that line can be pretty clear, but what is ethically correct when the lines can be a little blurry, because in Jesus' day, the lines could be blurry too. What if we were asked not to think about what we want, but instead to just remember what we need and be content with that? It's not easy, but it is doable. So, this is a message of hope. This is a message calling us to repentance. This is a message that says, look, and then think, what can I do? So I want to end by thinking about something that all of us teach little children uh, when we are growing, when we're raising them up, particularly in this city. It's about crossing streets. You always say, stop, look, and listen, and then you can go forward. It's Advent. We need to stop. We need to really look at what's going on in our world. We really need to listen to what God is saying and what those in distress are saying. And then make the choice to cross over into the new world that God is building. We need to do it for God's sake. We need to do it for Jesus' sake. We need to do it for our sake and for the sake of the world God made and loves and came to redeem. Amen.